Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is NCAA tournament time, and both Pitt men's and women's soccer are dancing. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of Olympic Gold and Blue here on the Pitt Talk Network, proud affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network. I am Corey Cohen, and I am joined by Dominic Campbell, the beat writer, uh, the the absolute source for Pitt men's and women's soccer over at uh, Pittsburgh Sports Now. You can follow him there, Pittsburgh Soccer Now. Uh, Dom, thank you so much for joining me yet again to talk about Pitt soccer. Uh, Thanks, Corey. I always love talking about Pitt soccer, so always glad to come on and chat with you. Well, this has been an up-and-down season for both squads, but they have gotten to where everyone thought they would and frankly what is an accomplishment especially what you consider when you consider what these programs were doing five ten years ago and that is both are in the ncaa tournament now we're gonna get to the women's in just a second we're gonna start with the men's because they play first this episode will be coming out on thursday the men will be playing on thursday so first let's talk about just getting here for pit men's soccer were you surprised that the Pitt men's team made it into the NCAA tournament because yes, they played incredibly challenging opponents, but their record was six, six and four. They were two, three and three in the ACC. They lost in the first round of the ACC tournament. Was there a concern that Pitt might not get into the tournament at all? I think there was a concern from some people, but I think once you look at the RPI, which is what they're really using, I think the selection committee really looked at the RPI. Pitt had the number one strength of schedule in the entire country. So that's a hard sell to someone like, oh, they shouldn't be in number one, like the hardest schedule. And granted, yes, the record isn't as good as it should have been. I think if they would have won that game against Louisville in the ACC tournament, or if they would have won a game or two extra in the regular season, they'd be comfortably in. But um, because they were six, six and four, and there was a bit of a trepidation whether they'd make it in. But I think the success they've had previously in the tournament with Jay Vitovich and being in three straight elite eights and two college cups in that time, and also being in the ACC, which has nine of its members in the tournament, um, I think that benefited Pitt a lot. I mean, the ACC is the pen, the, the ultimate conference in men's soccer. Like nine out of twelve, I mean, it's seventy five percent of the conference making it into the NCAA tournament. That's pretty ridiculous. But it it is a great conference, and Pitt had some trouble against some really good teams. But um, again, they've done so well in the tournament before. I think the committee was like, well, they haven't been great, but th- maybe if they get into the tournament, they might provide some really good games. So I think, in the end, um. In ter- I did the research in terms of looking at the RPI. Um, Pitt was not the lowest team in terms of the, the RPI. They are number 31st in the country. So, I mean, there are RPI, RPI teams that were lower, but those are those were more um, 
like conference at like automatic qualifiers from like mid majors. But the lowest team is one we'll talk about in a minute is James Madison, who are number thirty eight. So any teams above like the third the thirty range to the low thirty range were were automatically in in terms of at large bids. But once you got past that, then things started to be a bit more iffy about whether you got in or not. So it really depends on the conference you're in and um, your strength of schedule. I think those are the big determining factors, and Pitt had both of them, even with the mediocre record, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. You talk about the ACC, and that's been – that was kind of a selling point when they moved conferences, and people didn't really think about it at the time. But I remember when Pitt moved from the Big East to the ACC, and in some ways it wasn't – massive upgrade in certain sports, obviously men's basketball. They were leaving what was a pretty good situation there and some other things. But when you talk about Olympic sports and specifically soccer, the ACC is such a hotbed and it was so clearly a step up. And actually at first, I think that was intimidating that they like, how are you going to compete with the Dukes and the North Carolinas and the Notre Dames? Well, actually they were already competing with Notre Dame and the Florida States of the world and stuff like that. How are you going to compete with them? And massive credit to the athletic department for head coach Jay Vitovich in this particular case of getting this program to the point that they are competitive with the Dukes and the North Carolinas and the Wake Forests of the world and the, the Virginias, because that is, these are incredibly good teams with a long track record of success. So the fact that they saw this huge challenge in the ACC and they tackled it and they got to be where they are, I think that says a lot about this program and that's a big accomplishment in and of itself. You mentioned Louisville and that was the ACC tournament game. Pitt lost in double overtime to Louisville to kind of put them on the bubble a little bit shaky there. Was that concerning to you looking at this Pitt soccer team? Was that concerning that they would lose that game to Louisville? Do you think that might say something about where the team is right now or was it more a bit fluky? A bit fluky. I mean, 110 minutes i mean they had the better chances especially in that second half so i mean they lost just they gave up one goal at the back post and then another goal from the halfway line it happens and then they scored a goal late and they made it interesting but um yeah fluky game i mean i think yeah they 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 battled to a draw essentially over 90 minutes so if it would have gone straight to penalties i think people would have been like okay whatever but yeah, I think it's just a bit more like Pitt was in previous seasons would get these wins. And I think a big change in college soccer has been the getting rid of overtime in the regular season. So yeah. Pitt, like last year, Pitt drew a lot. They drew a lot of games last season. A lot of people forget that because they made that college cup run, which was great. But the regular season, they were a bit just all right. Really, they weren't they weren't seated last year either. So, again, you're talking about like, like Jay Vittich knew how to get his team to just rank out, like crank out wins in like overtime but you don't have that anymore. So you're settling for draws. So you're lo- winning a lot less games. But um, yeah, I think that's the biggest issue with Pitt the last two seasons in terms of not getting seeded. They just haven't won a lot of games in 90 minutes. They're still struggling to do that. It's really interesting because as you said, this is the second year of this rule change where before it used to go into overtime and it was a golden goal overtime. And now it's in the regular season. A game just ends as it does at most levels of professional soccer. If it's the regular season, end of 90 minutes, that's it, and it's a tie. As someone who does play-by-play for a lot of college soccer, I enjoy it because there were a lot of games, some games where it seemed like no one could score that would go to overtime, and it's kind of, okay, we're going to go through this. But it's certainly 
a different experience for a team like Pitt that sometimes has trouble scoring and it took them more than 90 minutes a lot of times to get a goal or to get a second goal. And now they don't necessarily have that luxury. I mean, they do now that they're in the postseason, but for most of the year, they don't have that luxury. And if at the end of 90 minutes, they're they're even, then that's it. And so even for the people who are working the games, okay, yeah, they get home a little bit earlier. In Pitt's particular case, that actually does seem make things a bit more difficult. Although now that they're in postseason play, do you think that this might sort of work to their benefit from here on out? I mean, it can, but they really need to score goals. I think the biggest problem with Pitt this year is they don't have a, a proven goal scorer. Louis Samkow is supposed to be that guy, and he is a pretty good player, but you know he's he's been he's missed four games this season. He's had injuries at times, and just like you know, he only has six goals in twelve games. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not like he's playing scuffs like you know chums every week. You know, they're playing really good teams, yeah. but. Like last season, they had Valentin Noel and Berton Jacasson, who are in the MLS right now. They were reliable goal scorers when you needed them. Last season, the College Cup, we in the or in the NCAA tournament, we saw that you know Valentin Noel with that goal in overtime against Portland, and Berton Jacasson with the wild goal late against number one Kentucky on the road. Like they had those players ready to score those goals, but this season they don't have that. But they do have talent on the team. It's just can they have someone to score those big moments? Because last season they were great defensively, and I still think. They're a pretty solid defensive team this season. I think they, they've drawn in a few games, and there's been a few fluke losses where they lost by a decent amount, but really they've been pretty solid defensively. So if they're solid enough defensively and they can find a few goals here and there, and they've been unlucky, I will say this season, some games they could have easily won, and they just didn't either in a draw or like you know Louisville that loss. So it's really just can they get that goal? And if they can, listen, they got Jay Vidovich. They have players who have been in two, two college cups, three elite eights. They have the experience so it's like can they just do it that's the question yeah and that is so much of what could be a run or could be an early exit hinges on the offense or the lack of offense if you look at the last handful of acc contests they scored one goal against louisville no goals against notre dame no goals against duke one goal against virginia three goals against virginia tech and one goal or no goals against north carolina so and that dates back to end of September. So for the most part, outside of there was a non-conference game against Duquesne in which they scored two, there's only been that one ACC game in which they scored either two or three goals. Outside of that, it's none or maybe one. In general, do you think they would, they'll be able to, if they do score, as you said, that one goal, do you think they're going to be able to win NCAA tournament games one nil because they always talk in other sports defense wins championships. How true is that in your opinion of college men's soccer? I think if uh, it can be the case, I mean, last season they gave up two goals, I think in the four games they played up until that college cup game. And that's a half a goal a game. I mean, that's really, really good defensively and they play good teams. Like they shut out Akron at home. They beat them three nil in the second round. They beat, Cleveland State 2-1, but that goal was so late and hardly even counted. I mean, Kentucky scored a goal, but again, that was just one, and they held Portland to no goals at home. I mean, that's how they won. They won because they were great defensively. I think if because Pitt isn't like this high-flying attacking team that has a bunch of seniors that can just score a bunch of goals, they got to figure out ways to just hinder other teams and just take advantage of it, hit them on the counterattack. They have players, and they have speed 
and quick players that can do that. It's just whether whether they complete it, whether they can finish in that final third. That's really their toughest uh, question going into this NCAA tournament. Let's talk about this first match because depending on when you're listening to this, the game is tonight, uh, Thursday night, 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. If you are in Pittsburgh, I implore you to go to this game. I know that it is at the same time as the Pitt football game prioritize this. This is a team that has played a lot better. That can actually make a run to potentially win a national championship. Pit football is not that this year. So if you're in the city, by all means, go to this. It's a home NCAA tournament match. This is the premier sporting event on Thursday night. Go to this. That said, they are playing James Madison, uh, JMU. They're eight, four and five overall. They're four, two and three out of the Sun Belt. What do you think about this matchup with James Madison? As you said, a little bit lower in RPI coming from a smaller conference. What do you think about this matchup? Well, the Sunbelt, interestingly enough, is a very good men's soccer conference. People that don't know, West Virginia are in the Sunbelt Conference because there is no Big 12 uh, men's soccer conference. There's also no SEC men's soccer conference. So Kentucky is in this conference. Both teams are in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Kentucky and Marshall have this big soccer rivalry. Don't ask about the football rivalry, though. I don't know why they're so testy about it, but um, yeah, this, in terms of soccer, they've both been two of the best teams this season. Um, i trying to give another teams in the Sun Belt, but I can't think of them off my mind. Oh, UCF is in there, right? Because UCF's in the Big 12 now, so there's no, they're not yeah. in the They are now in the Sun Belt. It's really five really good teams. I think one of the, I think outside of the ACC, that's probably the second or third highest team, the third highest conference, sorry, um, with players with teams in it, and James Madison, the lowest ranked, but again, we talked about RPI. They do play in the, the good conference, just like Pitt does, and that gets you in, even though they're number 38. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're a pretty solid team. They played four teams that Pitt has played this season. Um, they both, so Pitt and Duquesne, Pitt and James Madison both beat Duquesne at home. They both lost to Georgetown, who would ironically be the ne- the team they both, either winner of this t- tonight's game, will play next on Sunday in DC. They both lost on the road there. Um, they they drew against so James Madison drew against Virginia the in state little rivalry there and Pitt lost to Virginia, um, so they've had few a few um, common opponents as well and then they also played Marshall who's the best team and they both lost to Marshall um, which is obvious because they have seventeen wins out of and two draws so Marshall's a great team and both teams are just a little bit below that but um, uh, James Madison's been pretty solid this year. They have a uh, few pretty good players. Um, some of the players I'm looking at are Clay, is Clay Obari, a midfielder, and also defender Luca Nikolai. Both of them were first team all conference in the Sun Belt. Um, some other players that are pretty solid is Rodrigo Robles, and he gets seven goals this season. But they have a lot of different scorers. But he um, he got second team all Sun Belt, and then also um, midfielder Kevin Larson is a second team all Sun Belt. So those are four players to look out for. Um, they're a pretty solid team. I mean, I think they're pretty experienced and. Pitt will have a bit of trouble with them, but I think uh, obviously Pitt's the more experienced team than in terms of the comp, the tournament. Uh, even though they have a lot of new players, they still have a lot of key players from last season and a few seasons before they've had the, the experience to win at this level. So it'll be a good game. You never know. I mean, Pitt's been a little shaky this year, but this is the NCAA tournament. This is Jay Vidovich's time. So it'll be great to see what happens tomorrow night. If you choose to not go to the football game, I am also missing out on the football game. I think it's important to cover Pitt men's soccer. Just saying. So do what you do what you want. Yeah, I mean, as I said, that's that's why we have you on is because yeah. you're someone who's going to cover pit soccer over pit football, and that's why we do 
this podcast is to talk about a team like this that actually has a chance. They're in the NCAA tournament. They made it to the college cup last year. They have a realistic chance at winning a championship and that's just not pit football right now. And, and this team deserves coverage. They deserve love from pit fans. And so, yeah, again, if you are in the city of Pittsburgh and you're a pit fan, this is the kind of event that you should go to. I know that, uh, that, that pit football is like the big ticket item. And obviously that's like, we're all on the same page on pit talk network. We talk about it all the time. I get that. But in this instance, you've got a two win pit football team and you've got a men's soccer team that could actually make a run at a national championship. Please, please, please. If you're in Pittsburgh, go to the men's soccer game. They can absolutely use that support for what should be this huge game against James Madison. And then one last thing, Dom, on men's soccer uh, is moving forward. Now, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because, of course, they have to be James Madison. But if they do, they would play fourth-ranked Georgetown on Sunday. They played Georgetown, as you mentioned earlier this year, lost 4-1. to one. Is that a winnable game for Pitt, or do you think Georgetown is is just – you can't get over that hump? I mean, I think they can. I think obviously they played them four years ago in their first second round game. The NCAA, well, yeah, I think the first second round game of the NCAA tournament, and they lost five nil. That was a bad loss. But again, four years ago, not the same team at all. But I, I mean, listen, they've got some really good players in this team. Pit. I know Georgetown's really good. I watched the highlights. I was like, wow, Georgetown's a really good team. <laughs> they weren't ranked at the time, I think, or maybe they were, but they were they were really good. I was just like, wow. Ooh tough loss but i think the experience that the players have from losing that game and maybe georgetown overlooks pitt you never know i mean that could be a factor for pitt because they got beat they beat pitt so bad maybe pitt will put something on them i think listen as long as they can keep the ball out of their own net i know it's cliche keep the ball out of your own net and score on the other one they'll win the games but seriously as long as pitt can defend and they've done pretty okay this season maybe not against georgetown but if they can do it against georgetown they can do it against anyone that's true. So, uh, yeah, certainly a, a difficult road ahead, perhaps, for Pitt men's soccer. They'd have to beat a team like Georgetown, perhaps beat a team like West Virginia. But the path is there, and there's an actual chance that Pitt could get this done. And it all starts Thursday night against James Madison. Again, that game is going to be 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Dom will have coverage for it. So by all means, if you're not able to watch live, make sure that you follow him so you can at least stay up to date on what's going on and read his stuff. Big, big, big match there. Now let's talk about women's soccer. This is a team that has already played an NCAA tournament game. We'll get to that in just a second. We'll talk about how they got there. They're 15-5-1. They are 6-2-1 in the ACC. To get to where they are now, they had an incredible run in the ACC tournament. They beat North Carolina, like the cream of the crop when it comes to a history of women's soccer. The Tar Heels have a tremendous track record. They beat North Carolina for the first time ever, and they did it in Chapel Hill. They did that in the semifinal. Pitt made it to their first ever ACC tournament championship game. Uh, they did lose in the championship, but... It was a huge run. What did that do for this Pitt soccer team in terms of a resume builder, in terms of confidence? What do you think that did for them going into the NCAA tournament? Well, I'll say it at least benefited the team because the NCAA tournament committee, the selection committee, did not respect them. We'll get to that in a second. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really big win. I think they, there were so many times in that match where I was like, wow, Pitt's still in this. And they really were just keeping it in because North Carolina was piling on a lot of shots. And Elliot, and Elliot, and Elliot, sorry, Ellie Breach, the goalkeeper, had to do a fantastic job against them. And she did a great job. So many saves, so many point blank saves as well. I couldn't believe it. But um, listen, Pitt's a great attacking team, obviously, one of the best in the country. Um, it doesn't hurt when you have. Amanda West, one of the best players in program history on your left wing. And Samia Fieri is striker. And you have Sarah Shapansky who can take corner kicks from both ends with different feet, with both her feet. She's doesn't, you know, not one side, like a bit of ambidextrous down, down there. You know, it's impressive because I can't do that at all. So just watching <laughs> her um, take, not just, not just do take corner kicks, but really put them in precision. And she scored a lot of goals this year as well. I think she leads the team with 10 or is tied with Samia with 10. Um, but there's so many, there's so many different attacking options as well. Landy Mertz has been brilliant as well. And in that game, they just, they just came together. They really put it together. They got that late goal and then they really, they kept UNC out of it. And it's a big win for the program because they got over that hump, you know, not last year was, listen, last year was a lot of firsts. And I asked Randy about that the other day and he was like, well, we also just had a first getting that AC uh, tournament win, you know, getting out of the first round and getting into the semifinals going to carry. Um, that was a bit, that was big for them. Um, obviously they did end up losing to Florida state, but if you know anything about Florida state women's soccer, they are the best program right now in the country. Um, and they play pretty well with Florida state, they had chances to win in that game as well. But I mean, you know, they just a little bit short, but I think having the experience of playing them twice is going to be beneficial going forward. And we'll get to that in a second, obviously talk about the NCAA tournament and the bracket that Pitt is in. Yeah. It's, as you said, Florida state, a phenomenal, phenomenal program. If you talk about, the cream of the crop Florida state right now is number one. And historically uh, you know, with just this recent run of success. And when I say recent, I mean like 15 years or so at this point that, that they've really been incredible, but Florida state is way up there. North Carolina is way up there. Future ACC member Stanford is way up there. Like these are the top programs in the nation. And, um, and when North Carolina pit beat them and then in Florida state, they, they hung with them. So let's talk about, the seating and how it works and what region they're in and their tournament path. What did you think about it when you saw the bracket come out and the journey Pitt would have to have if they keep on winning? Kind of stunned. I, I, I was just a bit stunned. I mean, they, they were better than they were last year. And last year they had a number four seed. And this year they get a seven seed, a seven. And, you know, I talked to Randy about it. I was like, you know, you, you must have been a bit disappointed with the seating. He was like, yes. And a lot of it has to do with regionality, I think, because they played Ohio State which was supposed to be a hard game, but obviously it wasn't. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I mean, like that, because they were close, that was the main reason why a lot of these teams play each other in that first round. And same thing with men's soccer is regionality. And the pro the thing he said, it was like, you know, we need to start playing more appropriate seedings. I mean, I, I, I mean, I would put the money up. I know a lot of universities would as well, because there's no reason to pit with how good they were this year, going to the ACC semifinals, one of the best conferences in the country. And they're getting a seven seed. I mean, come on. They were number 11 coming to that game. If they, if they were number seven, that means they would have been around, what like the 25 30 range like that that means they would have been almost out of the rankings with that yeah. one seven so it doesn't make any sense and then i think about it for the team they're playing this weekend in arkansas i mean they got to play one of the best teams in the country in the second round because that's the way seating works and this game should be something that's in this sweet 16 or elite eight and we're seeing this in the we're seeing this in the second round which is i mean i guess great for the ncaa but not really great for the teams playing that want to I guess every team wants an easier path, but I think teams want a more realistic path and more appropriate path in terms of how they perform the season. I think Pitt performed far better than their seeding, and I think that might give them a little bit of benefit in terms of a little bit of a push in terms of 
proving people wrong going forward um, in terms of this tournament. But it definitely should have gone to Ohio State, which I guess we'll just talk about right right now. Yeah, so let, let's talk about this first game that they've already played. They played the Buckeyes in the first round. They absolutely demolished them. 6 nothing was the score. It was never in doubt. What did that show to you about this pit soccer team that they come out after this seating and after this difficult road and all that, and they come out and just obliterate Ohio state. I mean, a great attack, a little bit lucky in some of the goals, but a lot of great positioning as well. I think, you know, we think of great attackers, we think of powerful shots and great dribbling through opponents, but really a lot of goals are just being there. A lot of the goals are just being in front of the goal and taking advantage of defensive miscues or goalkeeper miscues and, Listen, they, they were brilliant. Six different goal scorers. I mean, that's exactly what you want as a manager. You know, you always love having that main striker, that main player that's going to get you goals. But having six different players come in and score goals, that's more than half of your starting lineup getting a goal. And that's that's really impressive. I think they, they were so good all night long. Uh, once they scored that first goal and then that three goals came in five minutes, they were up 3-0. That was it. There was no chance Ohio State. Ohio State just didn't even stand chance to them. They weren't even in the same ballpark. Now, no talk about soccer, but, you know, get the, the point. <laughs> I'm not talking about baseball, but like they weren't even close. It was it was amazing to see how great they were. You know, last season again, a lot of firsts. So their first NCAA tournament, and when they get that win late against Buffalo, and like they make it a Sweet 16, it's great. But this Pitt team that showed me was that they're not just wanting to win these games in style; they're trying to make the uh, to run for the national title. They really think they can do it. I think they the players have the confidence. They have the experience. They have the goal scorers. And they have a manager who's done it before and who's one of the best in the country. So why not do it? Absolutely. And you talk about the manager, and we, we mentioned Jay Vitovich. Randy Waldrum, he's also done a spectacular job building up this program from not much into now one of the better programs in the country and a real, real chance here. One interesting thing, we talked about this a couple months ago at the start of the season, was – that he has tournament experience, especially recently. He was the head coach of the Nigerian women's national team, and they stunned a lot of people in the World Cup just a few months ago getting out of their group in a group that featured some incredible teams. What do you think about what he's done overall and then also the particular experience he has, especially, again, recent experience in playing in a tournament setting when people don't necessarily believe you can win and just winning anyway? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt when you know you have a team that people don't look down. Look, they look down upon. I don't think people give Nigeria a lot of credit, but they have a lot of great players in that team. I mean, if you have the time, just look through that roster and how many great world star talent they have. And you know, he had a lot of issues with the federation. He had a lot of problems, and oh, yeah. he, he and the teammate, he and his teammates, well, his teammates, him, he his coaching staff and the players. They rallied around and they made it to the round of sixteen. They played a good England team and made the final. They went to penalties. They just missed out on that. But they, they played England to the, the T. They played them to the end. And you really can't ask for anything else from that team. And I think Randy has always wanted to do more. He's always wanted to be on the international level. He's done. He's also been a manager of Trinidad and Tobago. So he loves a good challenge. He's not as much as people were like, oh, he should be the U.S. women's national team. I think he loves college soccer a bit too much to give up on Pitt. Mm -hmm. um, but he does. Um, he loves international soccer. And I think. It really shows how great of a manager he really is. You know, some some managers can only do it in one one type of setting. They can only do college soccer. They can only do international. They can only do the pros. He can. I think he can do it anywhere. I think he's he's shown that he can do it at any level, and that's what makes a great manager and um, a great head coach. And that and Pitt Athletics is truly grateful to have him. I know they 
they they pay him quite well, but he's absolutely deserving of a good paycheck for how he's turned the program around from when he came in to now. It's 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 day and night. Yeah, he he really has done a spectacular job, as you said, at different levels, which is really impressive. So coming up next for Pitt women's soccer, they have two seed Arkansas in Fayetteville coming up uh, on Friday. Huge game, difficult game, but also Arkansas lost to North Carolina in September, three to one. They lost to Clemson one nil in September, uh, two teams that Pitt has had experience with. We just saw them recently beat North Carolina. Now it's not exactly apples to apples because the game against those teams for Arkansas were in September. And so it's not full on comparison, but for as difficult as it is to beat Arkansas in Fayetteville, what kind of chance do you give the Panthers in this one? Probably a good one. I, I mean, they have the, as I've said in this podcast, they have the talent, they have the goal scores. They're really good defensively too. I mean, a lot of credit to not just uh, Breach, the goalkeeper, but Ashton Gordon, Katie Zelski, and freshman Olivia Lee. They've been fantastic as a back three. Really just very talented. And they, they moved around the midfielders as well. I mean, Ellie Caulfield can score a goal, but she can play defensively as well. So, I mean, they have the defenders. They have the goal scorers. I think really it's just putting it together and just doing it. And as, as uh, I know Arkansas is a good team, and they got a lot of talent, a lot of experience, a lot of goal scorers. It's going to be an exciting game. This could be a really, really high-scoring match. Um, but Pitt has a great shot, and they know the challenge they're facing. They knew once they got the tournament selection seed, the, the tournament selection show came on, they watched it. They knew exactly what they were up against. Um, and as we, if we talk about further, the, the bracket doesn't get any easier. If they Even if they do beat Arkansas, it's going to get even tougher. Yeah, so let's say that Pitt wins this game against Arkansas. Obviously difficult, but as you said, very doable. Coming up after that, and by the way, we'll, we'll mention it again, but Pitt plays Arkansas Friday night at 7.30 on ESPN+. Um, if they beat Arkansas, they would have to play either Notre Dame or Memphis in the third round. Uh, they did play Notre Dame already this year. They tied them. What... Are the what are the chances you think for Pitt women's soccer to not just beat Arkansas but perhaps win another match and then maybe even make a deeper run than that? How far do you think they could go? I think Elite Eight because obviously number one team in this bracket as it was last season is Florida State and if Florida State as we expect makes it to the Elite Eight, Pitt will have to go to Tallahassee. So the way women's soccer works in terms of the tournament is that obviously the best teams host in the first round and then. In the second round, um, the highest seed in that quadrant of the bracket or in the half of the quadrant will host the second round and the Sweet 16. And then obviously the highest seed for the Elite Eight will host that match, which would be the weekend after this one. Um, so obviously even if Pitt does beat Arkansas, they'll still stay there. They won't host the second round on that Sunday. They'll play Notre Dame or Memphis there, but they will have to play at Tallahassee. I can't see how uh, Florida State doesn't make it to the Elite Eight. And listen, they have experience against Florida State. They lost three two earlier in the season. They played pretty well. They went up, and then but Florida State just managed to get three goals really quickly. You know, they just they are that good. Um, but Pitt it was close in both games, and, and really, as I said with the men's team, it's just you know, can they put the ball in the back of the net when they need it to? And that's really going to be the question of what how far they can go. But I think Elite Eight is their their height. I, I, I don't know if they beat Florida state, unfortunately, because I think if they do, you know, three times, a, third time's a charm, you know, yeah. you, know you don't try, try again. We'll try again the third time. Maybe it'll work. 
<laughs> but I mean, yeah, like, I mean, if they could beat Florida State, I, I, I can't imagine that they don't have a shot at the title. If, if they do beat, the, if they do prove me wrong and beat Florida State and Tallahassee, I, I, I think they would be the probably the favorite to win the title, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. But um, won't get too far ahead. They got a Friday night matchup in Fayetteville. I know there's going to be a ton of fans there. I know Arkansas is going to be a pretty hostile environment. So they'll have to do really well there. So, yeah, that'll be a tough one. Well, uh, definitely a tough battle for Pitt women's soccer, but, uh, you know, certainly a chance. And um, if you, it's not the same as men's soccer because they're not playing in Pittsburgh, but uh, if you are a Pitt fan, if you care about football, if you care about men's basketball, this is a team to follow. Uh, so be sure to either watch or follow uh, Dominic Campbell and read his stuff and all, just keep an eye on this team because they've got a chance to do something really special. And we'll, we'll certainly uh, be keeping an eye on them and then talking about them here. So uh, that'll just about do it for this episode. Uh, Dominic Campbell, thank you so much for coming on. Please tell the listeners where they can find you, follow you, read all your stuff. Yeah, I'm on Pittsburgh Sports Now for um, Pitt women's basketball, Pitt volleyball, Pitt wrestling, and Pitt, obviously I do some Pitt football stuff. But um, obviously for the men's soccer and women's soccer, I'm on Pittsburgh Soccer Now. So with the NCAA tournament on right now, you, that's where you want to get all your stuff. We are the main source for Pitt women's and men's soccer. So please follow us there. Um, we'll have great stuff for you. Hopefully some wins and some more matches. We'll, so we'll have to wait and see, though. Um, yes, always Pittsburgh Soccer Now for any Pitt soccer needs. We have them for you. Yeah, and he is not lying when he's saying premier spot for pit soccer coverage because without a doubt they are. Uh, if you want to follow and figure out what's going on with pit soccer, men's or women's, Pittsburgh Soccer Now and Dominic Campbell is the source to do it. So thank you so much for coming on, Dom. Really appreciate it. Uh, we will be back later talking about, uh, on an episode of Football Unscripted, talking about the pit boston College game. We'll have another episode of Olympic Gold and Blue. We're keeping track with Pitt Volleyball. Obviously, Pitt men's and women's soccer. If they make a run, we're going to be talking about it right here. So make sure wherever you're listening to this, subscribe to Pit Talk Network uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Pit Talk Network. You can follow me at Corey E. Cohen. Uh, but please subscribe wherever you get your podcast to Pit Talk Network. Until next time, he's Dominic Campbell. I'm Corey Cohen signing off from Olympic Gold and Blue on the Pit Talk Network.